In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And I'm your host, Father Ed Broom, OMB. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. We always start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And also we pray the Hail Holy Queen. We invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So I turn to Mary at the beginning of our conversation and ask Mary to pray with us and to pray for us. Mary is known as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray the prayer that she loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. After praying to Mary Most Holy, we lift up our hearts to our spiritual director. What a great privilege it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also the sanctifier. He makes us holy. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler, as well as our counselor. Holy Spirit is also the interior master. St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans with these words. We don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say Abba. (coughs) Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect and the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts. As we pray the traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit. Together, come Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful 
and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Well, Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael, St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Camillus de Alelis, pray for us. St. <laughs> Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. Pray for us. All God's angels and saints. Pray for us. Excuse me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, True it is, my friends. The family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. It's great to be with all of you. And encourage you not only do I pray together, but I'll be praying for you today in the greatest of all prayers. That prayer is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That prayer is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So I'll be placing all of you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And I'll offer these specific intentions. First of all, that all of us would make a concerted effort to be open to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has uh, many different titles, as does Mary. We've already mentioned them, but we can say this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention 
They like to pray for our family members. For the conversion of our family, for the sanctification of our family, and of utmost importance to pray for the eternal salvation of all of our family members. Jesus says this, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So I'd like to pray for all of your family members that one day will be saved. Well, last intention, I'd like to pray in a special way for those who are dying. For those who will be dying within the next 24 hours. that through our prayers that they would be saved. Just pray especially for those who are dying who are perhaps not well prepared. My friends, we don't know when God's going to call us. In fact, our Lord says it will come like a thief in the night. Like a thief in the night. So those are intentions. Like to thank God, thank Mary, and thank all of you because last night we had a beautiful ceremony. The parents with their children, we had hundreds of people in the new church in the Spanish Mass, we consecrated hundreds of people. Hundreds of people last night to the Blessed Virgin Mary in honor of Our Lady Mount Carmel. It was a beautiful Mass. We said the Mass. We prayed our act of consecration to Mary through St. Louis de Montfort's prayer. I enrolled the people in the scapular. Me and Father Victor imposed hundreds of scapulars on the people. Then after Mass, we exposed the Blessed Sacrament. We prayed the Rosary. Then after the Rosary, we had a we had a Eucharistic Marian procession through the church, going around blessing the people with the Blessed Sacrament. It was a day of great joy. Many people were giving themselves to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. What a beautiful day. 
May all of you have a great devotion to Mary and consecrate yourselves as well as your children and family to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It was a very, very beautiful ceremony. Thanks be to God. We live streamed it. It was. In total, it went on close to three hours. Long, beautiful ceremony. Now, I invite all of you to pray for our young people. Today, we'll have the second week of the Bible spiritual exercises of the teens. So let's pray for our teens that they would persevere in this spiritual exercises program. Last week we gave them a free Bible, we gave them the rosary, we, brave, we gave them the scapular. So they're all they're all prepared with their spiritual arms to fight the good fight, to run the good race, so that they can receive the merited prize, which is eternal life. So let's pray for the young people now. Pray for our teenagers, that they would put Jesus Christ in the very center of their lives. So, my friends, We've got a lot to cover today. So today we've got a saint whose name is Saint Camillus de Lelis, whose feast has been transferred to July 7, 18th, rather. Then we have the book of Exodus, where who enters into the scene is Moses. Then we have the gospel where Jesus upbraids and rebukes Chorazin and Bethsaida, a northern city of Capernaum, as well as Capernaum for their lack of conversion that they saw these many, many Convergence by Christ, and they still did not believe him. So that's our spiritual program for today. And I think we can connect St. Camillus de Lelis to the gospel in the sense that Camillus de Lelis did undergo a conversion. So let's uh, let's go through our, our readings today and the saint that we celebrate. So we can start with Saint Camillus de Lelis, who is an Italian saint. He was born in 1550 in the southern part of Italy, May 25th. He died July 14th, 
64 years of age. Canonized in 1746. And he's a patron saint of Catholic nurses, hospitals, and the sick. So let me give you just a brief summary of his life. He was a big man. He was about six foot six. He looked, he looked like a giant. His father was a soldier. And Camillus, his mother, died when he was young. And his father basically, and this is very important, very, very important, is that the father basically neglected Camillus Dilelis. See how important the father figure is. And as a result of that, Camillus Dilelis basically gave in devices. He became a soldier like his father in the Venetian army fighting against the Turks or the Muslims. So it's very interesting how God works. Camillus Dilelis, he got a wound in his leg. And he travels to the to the hospital of San Giacomo, St. James in Rome. For the purpose of getting his leg healed. But God used that wound in his leg. And the visit to the hospital in Rome that will move... St. Camillus to start something that had never been really started before. Camillus noticed that the sick in the hospital, the hospital conditions were deplorable. There was uh, poor diets, There was lack of ventilation. Those who had contagious diseases were next to those who did not. In other words, the situation for the sick and the suffering was was deplorable. So he started to help out there. But his leg didn't get better. So he went into Franciscan monastery and what he was doing was he was helping out the poor but he still he still get, gave in to his big vice was gambling. That was his problem. He was a gambler. He would have liked to live in Hawaiian Gardens where we got a casino. huh? He's trying to give it up but he couldn't. So he goes to a Franciscan monastery and he hears a homily by the priest. 
That homily was so powerful that that moved him to conversion. Tried to enter into the Franciscan, but they did not receive him. So see how God works. Camille Fiolelis goes back to the hospital of St. James in Rome and he he's helping out and he's a great love and concern and compassion for the sick. And other young men are gathering around him because they, re- they recognize that he's converted. His life has really changed. Upon the advice of a friend, said it would be better if he were ordained to become a priest. So, Camille still has studies and he becomes, he's ordained a Catholic priest. So what he's doing is, he's working hard in the hospital. He's gathering men to help him out. And he's instrumental in forming a group of men that will help the sick and the dying. There was a war in which the Italians were fighting in Hungary and he sent his priests to help out those who were wounded in wars. That was the first time that there would be military hospital chaplains. We're talking about a good 400 years ago. And he just loved helping out the poor, the sick, and the dying. And he loved that biblical passage taken from St. Matthew, chapter 25. I was sick and you visited me. So St. Camillus de Lelis, as well as St. John of God, are the patron saints of hospital workers. So I've given you a brief summary of the life conversion of St. Camillus de Lelis. Let's turn to him and beg St. Camillus de Lelis for three graces. Number one, that we would be converted. That we, we would work at our, all, our own daily conversion. Second, let's pray for the sick. That God would help God would help the sick to carry their crosses. Father, let's pray for all those who work with the sick. The nurses, the doctors, the surgeons, that those who work with the sick, 
will be blessed in abundance. That those who are working with the sick would recognize that what what they're doing to the sick, they're doing to Christ. Let's pray also that he, as he was converted, we could do a U-turn in our own lives. That we would do a U-turn in our own lives. In other words, that we would be converted. And that's, that's the gospel message today of Christ. So let's move from St. Camilla de Lelis. I'd like to just summarize the first reading today. Because now we're encountering one of the key figures in the Old Testament. Yesterday, my friends, we started to read the book that follows the book of Genesis. We spent a couple weeks going through the book of Genesis, starting with the Abraham stories. Ending with the Joseph stories of the Old Testament. So the reading from Exodus is like a segue or a a follow-up of the Joseph stories. So Joseph had established a very good relationship with Pharaoh and those in leadership. So much that Joseph was given second-in-command position, being the chief administrator of the rations of food. But Joseph passes away, and a new king arrives in Egypt. And he doesn't know about the special privilege that that the Jewish people had because of Joseph. So the Pharaoh is forcing the Hebrews to work very hard in field work, basically the work of the slaves. And the king of Egypt became fearful because the Hebrew people were multiplying. And the king was afraid that perhaps if there were rebellion that the Hebrews would turn against Pharaoh, have a mutiny, and become their enemies. So the king tells his workers to do this. Whenever a child is born, let the girl live, but take the the boy child, take him and throw him in the Nile River and drown him. This will prevent this will prevent the Hebrews from multiplying and the possibility of a mutiny which they turn their back against us in case of a war. 
So that was a that was the first reading yesterday, and that reading can be related to abortion. Because what is abortion? Abortion is killing an innocent child. So what Pharaoh was doing to those baby boys is basically a a um, a prefigurement or a typology of what's happening today, in which innocent children are being slaughtered. Thanks be to God for Roe vs. Wade. But still, in the state level, we have a lot to do. And one of the worst states would be that of California, where, where I live. So let's pray for the, let's pray for innocent children. Okay, that was the first reading yesterday. I'm talking about this because we have to get to know the, the key figures in the Bible. Of course, the center of the Bible would be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as a follow-up of yesterday... The reading for today points out that there's a Hebrew man that loved a Hebrew woman. And the woman conceived and brought forth a child. And for fear of that child, that boy being killed by Pharaoh, the mother puts this child in a papyrus basket and puts him in the Nile River, hoping and trusting that God in some mysterious way would save the child. Trusting in divine providence. It's very interesting how God works. So the mother of the child placed the child in the Nile River and the older sister of the boy, whose name is Miriam, Moses' sister, was seeing what would happen. So the Pharaoh's daughter, how God works, Pharaoh's daughter comes out to bathe. And she hears a little baby boy crying. So Pharaoh's daughter has compassion on the little child. Moses' sister goes to the Pharaoh's daughter says, would you like me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child? And Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, yes, get her. So it was actually Moses' mother who's going to be nursing the child. 
But Moses is going to be brought up and raised in the Egyptian court. He'll learn their language. He'll learn their traditions. He'll learn their culture. He'll learn their social mores. However, Moses is a Hebrew. He's a Hebrew. He's a Jew. So this is where we're at today. Moses grows up and he loves his people, the Hebrew people. One day, Moses sees an Egyptian who's fighting and beating a Hebrew. Moses looks around and there's no one that he sees. Apparently, he doesn't see anyone there. Moses slays and kills the Egyptian. And he hides him in the sand. Hides him in the sand. Moses thinking that no one were, no one was aware of this. Following day, there's a Hebrew. There's a Hebrew who's fighting against another Hebrew. And Moses saying, "Hey, you you're both Hebrew. Why are you fighting against each other?" So one of them says, who set you up as the arbitrator between both of us? Are you going to kill one of us the way you killed the Egyptian? So Moses became very afraid. And because of this, Moses... fled. And the news got to the Pharaoh of what Moses had done and the Pharaoh decided that he would try to he would try to get a hold of Moses and put him to death. So Moses gets up and he takes flight and he heads to a place called a place called the land of Midian. So that is a that is a summary of Exodus chapter one and Exodus chapter two. There are many, many different applications of that. But I'd like to just pull out three ideas for our reflection. The first is that Moses was saved by the Pharaoh's daughter. He was saved. Let us try to do all we can to save babies from being aborted. 
let us do all we can to save babies from being aborted. Speak up. And also, if you meet a woman that's, co- that's considering having abortion, take her to have to see an ultrasound. Many times the ultrasound has been instrumental in saving babies from being aborted. Pregnant mother that sees the baby in her womb waking up, stretching, yawning, scratching his head, scratching his nose, smiling. Be very difficult, more difficult for a woman to have an abortion when she sees her live baby moving within her. So that's the first point. Second point is that the the name Moses means drawn out. He was drawn out of the Nile River. Let's pray that we would be instrumental in drawing people out of sin. One of the best things you can do, apostolically, is to target the biggest religious group of people in our country. And these are non-practicing Catholics. And bring one of these back to church by making a good confession. That's right, by convincing one of these people, one of the millions upon millions who have drifted away from the church, to make a good sacramental confession and to return to the Lord with all their heart. And the third message is this. We see how merciful God is. That even though Moses, we see in the first reading today, Moses murdered a man. He murdered an Egyptian and hid this Egyptian in the sand. So, we see in this that our God is a merciful God. Our God gives us chances to change our lives. But let's don't put off our conversion until tomorrow. The responsorial psalm The antiphon is, turn to the Lord in your need, and you will live. 
Let us turn to the Lord. The responsorial psalm yesterday was Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Turn to the Lord in your need and you will live. You can relate that to Luke chapter 15. It's the story of the prodigal son. Let us not be afraid to turn to the Lord. And as Isaiah chapter 1 says, Even though your sins be as red as scarlet, I will make them as white as the snow. Let us never fail in our lives, my friends, to trust in the infinite mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Indeed, God is slow to anger and God is rich in mercy. That brings us to the gospel, which is related to conversion and the lack of conversion. So Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his mighty deeds had been done since they had not repented. So just aware of the the life of Christ, we're into the, the public life of Jesus Christ lasted about three years, from 30 to 33. Jesus said, The foxes have their holes and the birds of the air have their nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have their holes. The birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay lay his head. Jesus had no permanent abode. But rather those three years, Jesus was always on the move. G.K. Chesterton said that Christ in his public life was like a lightning bolt going from one place to the other without any rest or with very little rest. He was on the move. Of course, we see our Lord pulling back and spending time in deep prayer. But once our Lord was on the move, working, he moved at a very quick pace. But his home base, the home base of Jesus would have been Capernaum, which was a city bordering on Lake Galilee. Some commentaries say that perhaps the home base of Jesus would have been the would have been the home of Simon. Simon Peter. 
Simon Peter. So Jesus, in these places, in Chorazin and Bethsaida, which would have been two cities north of Galilee, he worked many miracles in that area. He says, Woe to you, Chorazin and Bethsaida, for if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would long ago have repented in sackcloth and ashes. Tyre and Sidon would be more pagan cities. Pagan cities. And Jesus says, but I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And for you, Capernaum, will you be exalted in heaven? You'll go down to the netherworld. So there in the home base, Jesus had carried out many miracles. And he goes on to say, for if the mighty deeds done in your midst had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you, be more tolerable, tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Very very, very, very strong words. Very, very, very strong words. Now the message of Jesus Christ is basically a message in which he's calling us to conversion. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to start a new life. How can we How can we my friends How can we my friends Live out the gospel and avoid these dangerous reproaches that Jesus leveled out against Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. How can we avoid a strict judgment when we go before the Lord? I would make one suggestion and if this suggestion is heeded this can avoid we can avoid a harsh judgment when we go before the Lord. And this would be my friends the practice of making the practice of making Good sacramental confessions. 
That's right. The practice of making good sacramental confessions. Honestly, for us to change our lives, for us to be converted, to us to give up the past, we can look to someone like St. Camillus de Lelis. All is possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. God can move the mountains. Let's take St. Camillus de Lelis and confession as our two means to motivate us to work on our own conversion through a contrition. St. Camillus de Lelis, because of a lack of a really good foundation, because of the lack of a father to guide him, he fell into vices, especially that of drinking and even more so gambling. And the thing is, this is, this is encouraging for us, is that St. Camilla de Lelis, he, he, tried, he tried to give up gambling. He tried to give up gambling, but he couldn't give it up right away. It took more than one attempt to finally to finally give up his bad habit. We can over, we, we can call it a vice. We can call it an addiction. It took him it took him a while to overcome this. But eventually he did give it up. And one of the means that helped him to overcome this was Camille de Lelis. He got out of himself and he started to dedicate himself to serving, serving the poorest of the poor. Those in the hospitals, those who are sick, those who are marginalized, those who are dying, those who could not fend for themselves. Camillus de Lelis bent over backwards to help out the poor, the sick and the dying. He was converted and became a great saint. My friends, let's turn to Camillus de Lelis for our modern world. Drinking and gambling was a, was a problem 500 years ago. And he had an addiction. 
a very serious addiction. Why don't we turn to him, Camilis Delelis, and beg for the grace of the conversion of the many addicts you have out there today. That they will return to Christ and the church through the sacrament of confession. Matt Talbot from Ireland also had an addiction to drinking and he was able to overcome it too. All is possible with God. God can move the mountains. Let's pray for those who are addicted to drinking, to pornography, sexual addictions, to drugs, to the casinos, to the gambling. to the party life, to compulsive buying. So many people today, so many people today have addictions. Strong addictions. Camilus Delelis had a very strong addiction to gambling. I live in a little town where just uh, a few steps away from me, there's a casino. And people come from far and wide to go gambling in this casino. St. Camelis de Alelis teaches us that no matter how strong the addiction, the vice might be, God's grace is much more powerful than our weakness. The responsorial psalm yesterday is ours. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. If God is with us, who can be against us? When I'm weak, then I'm strong. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. So my friends, let's pray that we would be able to overcome at least our minor addictions, our attachments. We talk about that in the spiritual exercises. It's called holy indifference and detachment. Let us pray that all of us would be able to break the bonds, the attachments that are preventing us from giving ourselves totally and fully 
to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I invite you to pray for our young people tonight. I invite you to share our message. And I will give you my priestly blessing. And I, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.